Hello, everybody, and welcome to Justify Your Existence, the Daily Journal's podcast about Mississippi State, Ole Miss, the SEC, and beyond. I am Michael Katz. I'm here with Stefan Kreischnick, covered Ole Miss and Mississippi State, respectively. Stefan, how are you doing? Are you applying for any of the coach openings in college football? I haven't applied for any yet, but I've gotten some calls that that uh, ADs are interested in bringing me in. So that's where we're working through right now, getting texts and phone calls all the time. We'll see uh, what next year brings. Yeah, it, it is it is a wild time in college football for a lot of reasons, uh, but the 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 coaching carousel is is on a a wild ride already. I think there's going to be a few more uh, things opening up. Did did you see uh, Coach O's really awkward? uh press conference yesterday yeah the was it the rant like about the defense no it, well it might have been but it was when they were like uh hey how would you uh you know uh, describe alabama or no they were like hey you, did you do some self-scouting over the bye week and he he thought they were talking about alabama and he was like oh really well coached and then the sid was like they're talking about you and then he was like oh and then he started listening about like all the reasons they're bad. And I was like, he doesn't know how funny this is. This is really bad. I did. I did see that actually. Yeah. That was a, that was a pretty good moment there on Twitter. Beautiful. Among many moments on Twitter yesterday. Just, yeah, beautiful stuff. Uh, if you could have any college coaching job that's open right now, which one would it be? Hmm. You know, I think, uh, I think he, the USC job would be my number one. I just think, um, you, you can have the job. <laughs> I think I think that's one of the schools that are calling me, actually. Um, you know, I, I think in the sense of you're going to get paid if you go to USC. We know that. You're going to get some money. Um, you're living in California. So, like, all those, like, like fundamental, like, life survival things are pretty, pretty neat. Um, but I, I still think that, you know, despite everything – that's been going on at USC in the past like decade or so, maybe two decades approaching. Um, the, it, there's still a solid foundation there. And I think the fact that people, people still look at USC as a premier program in the sense of like, I think people believe that it can be rebuilt because it's got a solid foundation. Um, that foundation being, I guess the tradition, I, I don't know about, you know, the athletic department and all that, but, but you have the keys there to come in and be successful. The only tough part is the expectations that are there. I think there needs to be a coach who, who comes in and kind of can, can set the expectations and be like, hey, like we can be the USC of old, but you got to give us time. This can't be, you know, you can't expect us to flip this in a year. And that's it. We, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. It's so much for coaches about perception rather than, you know, the actual results. I think Dan Mullen is probably a good result of that or a good example of that in Florida. Um, the job that would intrigue me the most, and I think could end up being the best job, is the Texas Tech job, because with Texas and Oklahoma leaving in a few years, I mean, Baylor and Oklahoma State and Iowa State, like, like the Big Twelve has some teams that are definitely better than Texas Tech at this point, even when Oklahoma and, ba and uh, Oklahoma and Texas leave. But with those schools leaving, if you can get a decent recruiting class or two, you've got a good chance to really kind of take over the Big Twelve if you're Texas Tech. So I think Texas Tech probably feels like they're in a moment right now where they're, they're a good hire away from being a real contender in their conference in a few years. So I would say the USC job is the best job, 
Um, but the Texas Tech Top is the one that um, kind of intrigues me, just the potential that that program has with all the conference uh, realignment going on. Yeah, I, I, I like that Texas Tech angle. I also like TCU, which I was not expecting to come open. That kind of all unfolded rather quickly. Uh, Gary Patterson did a heck of a job there for literally 20 years, which is kind of crazy to think about. But yeah, I, I think the Big 12 is going to be very wide open soon, which is kind of crazy to think about because it's just never been that way. Right. Um, I think there's a huge opportunity for, like you said, for, for Tech, for for TCU, uh, for if Dave Aranda is to leave Baylor, he's doing an amazing job there. Uh, really, the only team that's not going to win the Big 12 is Kansas. I think we can we can all agree on that one. Uh, I, I think we do need to talk about you, you brought up Dan Mullen, obviously has a Mississippi, Mississippi State connection, but he's had a very strange couple of weeks at Florida. He is. He's saying like all the wrong things at the wrong right. time. How, how, how would you kind of dissect the Dan Mullen Florida situation? I feel like it's, he's done a nice job there. They were not, in a, they were in a weird place when he got there and they've had some success, but I, I think he's, he's really kind of starting to lose the Gator fans. Yeah. The whole thing about the stuff he said about recruiting was just very dumb for lack of a better term, because in a sense of, like you're Florida, like you recruit the hell out of the nation, no matter who your coach is. And when you're, I mean, the, the best thing for him to lean back on right now is recruiting. And he's pushing away from that because he could easily come out and say, Hey, we lost, you know, Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts. And like, you know, like it, I think everyone understood that Florida was maybe going to take a dip this year because of what they lost. Like, that's okay. Like you, you have that to your advantage and you say that, the perfect response for you is, Hey, we have these good recruiting classes and we're kind of in this dip where we're a little bit of a younger team. So like, you know, we'll be back up to where we were as long as we get like a couple of years to develop these like high level recruits that we're getting. Like the foundation is there for like laid for you to just be like, Oh, sorry. I don't know what just happened on my computer there. Um, the foundation is laid for you to just literally be like, Hey, it's a dip down year, but we have everything there to, to come back and it starts with recruiting and, and what we've done in the recruiting trails and he just doesn't fall back on it. And now you're just like, well, if you don't care about recruiting, then your team sucks this year and has not lived up to standards. And that's a bad reflection of you. Like he's not helped. We talked about perception. He's not helping himself with that perception of what Florida's program is right now. It's a, it's a team that simply could just be in a down year. Like, like this happens all the time in the SEC. It happened the last couple of years with Kentucky. Kentucky was playing so well, took a dip, looks to be good this year. So like you, you have things in place. Um, to at least make excuses. Like the excuses are there for you. I feel like I'm someone where like, if I have an excuse, I'll use it. So like the, it's, it's there for you to take it. And he just, he's just not, he's saying, like you said, he's saying all the wrong things. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's like a selective sample size for Robbie Falk of two four seven sports and, and the Starkville daily news here said that in their last 11 games, um, Mike Leach is seven and four and, and Dan Mullen is four and seven. And, you know, like, I mean, they're both playing the SEC, and like, like it's like you could pick more than the eleven games and be like, okay, Dan Mullen does have a better record, but like that's how trends work, you know. And you look at the past however many games, and um, it's I mean, it's definitely something worth looking at. And if he's not going to be saying all the right things, and if he's going to be, I mean, you, the last thing you want to do is push away recruits. So it's I don't know. He's He's Dan Mullen. He's going to say what he wants to say, and I, I get that. Um, but he's 
he's hurt himself more, I think, the past couple of days than really needed to be. Yeah, he, he just seems over it. And it's like, you you can't be the head coach of Florida and be over it. No. no yeah, you, especially not when Georgia just did what they did to you. And yes. when, when Kirby Smart is literally rubbing in your face how good they are at recruiting and talking about how important recruiting is, you need to at least, like, pretend. Like, even if, if you don't like recruiting, like, you have to pretend you like recruiting. You just because as Kirby, Smart said, as Kirby Smart said, like, you cannot outcoach players. Players right. are what win. Right. I mean, how many times have we seen a team, you know, obviously Alabama and Georgia are the gold standard, but how many times have we seen Alabama and Georgia not play well and win by, like, two touchdowns? Like, you can say what you want about coaches, but when you have 11 five-stars out there, it doesn't matter really who's coached all the time. Unless you're USC. USC, USC is the case in point that coaching does matter. However, yeah. I digress. Uh, just, just a reminder that uh, you can follow Justify Your Existence on your favorite podcast platform or at journal, djournal.com slash podcast. And also check us out on Twitter at djournalsports or in the Mississippi State discussion with Parrish Alford and Stefan Kreishnik in the Ole Miss discussion with Parrish Alford and Michael Katz Facebook groups. Uh, you brought up Kentucky, so let's kind of segue a little bit into the games from last week. Mississippi State looked pretty good uh, against Kentucky. Kind of take me through that game. Uh, it, I know it was it was a it was a pretty big lead for a bit, and then Kentucky kind of worked its way back in. But uh, overall, kind of seemed like a, like a pretty uh, comfortable one uh, for, for Mississippi State. Yeah, um, you know Mississippi State quickly went down ten nothing on a punt return touchdown and a field goal, and everyone was kind of saying like. It, like the momentum had like it felt like more than a 10 nothing lead there for a second because it felt like Kentucky off their bye week um, was motivated from that Georgia loss and and was playing well again and they're number one tw- number 12 team in the nation for a reason um, and on the other side uh, Mississippi State just looked that they were they were getting yardage and they were getting chunk plays but they just couldn't like kind of get that big play to, to really get the offense going and then after that 10 nothing lead that Kentucky built Mississippi State just took the game over, went on a 31-0 run. Um, the game ended up 31-17, but when you look at it, Mississippi State was up 31-10. Uh, Kentucky scores there early in the fourth quarter. There was their first offensive touchdown of the game was early in the fourth quarter. Make it 31-17. Mississippi State gets the ball back with eight minutes to go and runs the rest of the clock out. Like, it was kind of setting up where, like, a three and out, you give Kentucky the ball back again, like, suddenly, like, it's a lot closer than it ever needed to be. Um you know, it, the last couple of games, and I know it was against Vanderbilt, um, but then they kind of backed it up with the Kentucky game of, like, Mississippi State really stepped on the neck of their opponent and did not let up. And that's that's the kind of mentality and aggressiveness that I think we we haven't seen from Mississippi State yet this year. Um, and, and, I mean, it's, it, people were probably annoyed by it and hated to hear it, um, all, all, you know, the early part of the season, those that Memphis loss and the LSU loss of Mike Lee saying that, you know, it's a team that's just young and inexperienced and they'll grow over time and they'll learn the offense. And like Mike Leach was just saying, like, give us time, like we're fine. And it's, and he's right because it's, it's proven that way. The more this team has grown up in real time in the sense of like, like this is not a team that's um, maturing over the off season. This is a team, the team that has matured with each game. And the Kentucky game was a perfect example. I mean, they didn't, they didn't make mistakes um, besides in the special teams. They didn't make mistakes. And that was the number one thing in those games against Memphis and LSU was making mistakes. 
Um, they were confident. They took shots downfield. I think it was five or six uh, passing plays of 15 plus yards. Um, that, that was the most balanced offense I think Mike Leach has had in a long time, definitely at Mississippi State. 39 passes to 35 runs um, is kind of, you know, amazing to even see. Um, and I don't know how much that would be a thing moving forward, but like, it's it's just everyone is maturing right now. Will Rogers is maturing. The receivers are maturing. They understand the air raid offense a little better. The defense is maturing, not allowing as many big plays um, as it did early in the season. And and Mike Leach is maturing with this team as well. Um, he's he's learning how to play with the roster that he has. Um, I mean, people called him stubborn for not running the ball enough against LSU, and and he came out and against Kentucky they ran the ball. And I think we're kind of seeing that that he knows what's going to work in, in each given week. And he knows how to work with um, the pieces that he has in place, young players that, that are obviously still um, going to grow. But, but right now, I, th- I think that was – that C-State win was pretty impressive at the start of the year, and the Texas A&M win was pretty impressive in the sense of it was in a tough road environment. Um, but the Kentucky win is impressive in its own way because Mississippi State was entering this tough stretch of games – um, Kentucky at Arkansas at Auburn, and then in a, and a couple weeks after that, the Egg Bowl, um, and 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 they went out right away and they won the game. And um, you know, with Tennessee State still on the on the schedule, you figure bowl eligibility is all but in place. And now you're looking. I mean, going to Arkansas, I, I think they have a real chance to win. I'm gonna. Pre- I, I predicted them to win in our uh, in our weekly uh, predictions. Um. You know, the, the pieces are in place for this to not just be the minimum six-win team. It, it's going to suck, and I tweeted about this yesterday. For Mississippi State fans, they're going to be kicking themselves because, um, you know, looking at the resumes of some of the college football playoff hopefuls, um, Mississippi State, I think, is above Michigan State and above Ohio State and above um, Cincinnati in terms of quality wins. Um, that's wins like above at home against the top 30 opponent and then on the road against the top 50 opponent. Um, with the NC State win, the Texas A&M win, and now the Kentucky win, Mississippi State is right up there with like Alabama and Georgia in terms of quality wins and, and about the same in terms of strength of schedule, 19th strength of schedule. Like if Mississippi State had just done what it needed to do against Memphis and LSU, like it's legitimately a top 10 team right now. And that, that sucks for Mississippi State fans to hear, but that's just the facts. But it's also a testament to like the fact that this Mississippi State team right now at this point in the season is a lot different than the team that it was, um, you know, in week three and week four. So um, it, it, Mississippi State has a chance legitimately to end as a, as a you know an eight win team, which I don't think anyone really expected. Um, but like it, it's it's a real shot, and you know the Egg Bowl it's the Egg Bowl, and stupid things are going to happen. It's you know it's going to come down to whoever gets a, an unnecessary penalty. And then, you know, the Arkansas game is, is a toss-up, in, in my opinion. The Auburn game is probably the toughest one on the schedule now. Playing at Auburn, you kind of get the benefit of playing that 11 a.m. kick instead of, you know, the nighttime game in Auburn. It, you know, I, I still think Mississippi State loses that game, but it's like, you know, a small win there, I guess, for them. Tennessee State game. So it, it's setting up for, for this Mississippi State team to really prove um, how much it's grown in real time under Mike Leach. Yeah, no, this is this is a I, it was funny. I kept checking the Twitter updates and I kept seeing like rushing touchdown. And I was like, this isn't Mike Leach. It's like, no way. <laughs> I, I couldn't it believe it. Rushing touchdowns. Yeah, no, it was, it, it was just like you said, he's he's kind of evolved. He's learned what he has and, he, right. and he's working with it. 
Uh, no, this really does seem to be a Mississippi State team that is playing a lot better now than it was uh, early in the year and, and playing well at the playing well at the right time. Absolutely, and, and, uh, and kind of on on the other end, Ole Miss is 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 uh, is the walking wounded at the moment. Um, you know, it's nothing by their own doing, but uh, they are, are not looking as strong as maybe they did a few weeks ago. And a lot of that is, is the injury bug has has plagued them. Um, and we saw that against Auburn. Um, night games at Auburn, uh, let me tell you, that was an amazing place to watch a game at night. It was so cool. Yeah. Uh, could not stop watching the Eagle land on the field. That was like the coolest thing ever. Um, That's but, actually – so next week when I go to Auburn, it's going to be the last time that that – specific eagle i think does its fly around so dude it, it, i i totally forgot they did it and then all of a sudden like i just start looking around i just start seeing like a bird i was like oh i forgot about this this is awesome so i don't know i don't know if the final fly means that they're just going to shoot it out of the air i think that's what like, they do yeah that's what i thought but actually we'll bone Bo Nix throws a football at it <laughs> well we'll see how accurate he is that day this this year he could hit it last year i would say no fair um but uh you know I mean, obviously, you look at Matt Corral. That dude is—he is tough as nails, man. <laughs> like, uh, as our friend Nick Suss said, I—he I, might have been injected with super soldier serum in the locker room uh, to get that ankle working again. Because, uh, man, uh, as Lane, Lane Kiffin thought it was broken uh, when when Matt went down. Uh, for those, I'm sure most people listening know. Uh, Matt hurt his ankle against uh, Tennessee, obviously, and and he was, you know, a little bit if he go into LSU week, and then he hurt the same ankle again against Auburn. Was carted off the field. He was on the ground for quite a, a, a good amount of time, and then all of a sudden he's back on the sideline trying to get back in the game, and it was like, wow, like this <laughs> this kid's got a lot of guts. Um, he's he's the most visible injury, but. You know, as Lane said, like right now, if the game – he pulled a Mike Leach. He said if the game was today, uh, they would not have their top three receivers. And they're missing one of their best offensive linemen is out for the season because he tore his biceps. If you have all these injuries on offense, and and as, as good as Matt Corral is, and he is I, – I still think he is one of the best players in college football. He's beat up, and his supporting cast is beat up. It's looking at like if you know three four weeks ago, you like this team in like the rest of its games, but like right now it's it's going to be a grind. Liberty is not a gimme coming up because they've got one of the other really good quarterbacks in college football, uh, in, in Malik Willis, and you know the Ole Miss defense looked so bad in that first half, twenty eight points. And then they gave up three the rest of the game. And, like, the defense gave Ole Miss a chance to win uh, at Auburn. You know, it was a, it was, it was a one-possession game late. And then, you know, Auburn was able to, to kind of put it away. And, uh, you know, it really kind of came down to Ole Miss. Uh, you know, Ole Miss is always going to be aggressive. They, they do the fourth downs thing. They only want one for four. Three, those three misses were all in the red zone. Um, you know, they scored two touchdowns and eight red zone trips. Uh, you are not going to win games like that, especially not on the road. Uh, when every momentum swing goes toward Auburn and Auburn played well, Bo Nix really does look different. Um, he's always been a great athlete. 
you know, he's always had the talent, but he's he's not making the Bo Nix throw. He's not making the Bo Nix play. There were a couple where I thought he was going to Bo Nix it. Um, and then he ended up like making a, a good play. And I was like, I guess that is the difference from, uh, you know, he's just having fun out there is, is what is what the meme is. Um, but, you know, it, it's it, it, I thought Ole Miss was going to lose that game just because the circumstances. Again, Auburn is just brutal. Um, and that's an Auburn team that is playing better ball. You know, that Arkansas game kind of showed me a lot. Um, and, and they're, you know, I, I, I think, I know we were not super high on Auburn. Uh, they are, Brian Harson has done a far better job than I expected. They are really solid. They're running the ball again. Um, their defense is really physical. They got some dudes. Um, but, but Ole Miss is, they're hurting. They, 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 they need to get healthy. If not this week for Texas A&M. Um, because you know, the, 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 this could very well be a 10 and two team. This could be a nine and three team. This could be an eight and four, you know, like there are so with, with the injuries right now, there are so many ways this thing could go. Um, and if, if they, you know, they're thankfully they're luck, they're, they're healthy on defense and the defense kind of saved them in the second half of that game, kept them in it. Uh, but you know, if if if, the, if you're missing your top three receivers and your quarterback is you know on one leg, um, it's going to be hard to beat these good teams coming up. Um, A&M's playing really good ball. Mississippi State's playing really good ball. Um, this is going to yeah. be a really rough stretch, and uh, if they don't get healthy, um, you know, the, I think the the frustrating thing for 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 Ole Miss and is this team has so much potential and there's, and there's so many pieces there. And then it's all, it's all hinging on things you can't control. And I think that's tough um, yeah. to, to have no, you know, if, if you lose coach the coaching decisions, you know, so be it. Um, but if, if you're, if you're struggling because your top three receivers that you're depending on and your Heisman caliber quarterback can barely walk, it's, I think that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's kind of just, it, like you said, when it's something out of your control like that, it's, it's really hard. I mean, there's, there's very little that you can do about it. And coaches will say, you know, it's next man up and it's this and it's that. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's not next man up when you lose Matt Corral. Like if you lose a Heisman candidate, it's not next man up because it's hard to, hard to replace that. Well, yeah, and, yeah. Just, just, just real quick. One, I, I, Facebook can be a little bit toxic, but in our, in our, in, in our, in our, uh, in our Facebook group, someone brought up one of the big differences between a program like Ole Miss and Alabama and Georgia is that Ole Miss can have really good players at the, at the top, but when they get hurt, they're getting two stars and walk-ons and three stars, you know, whatever coming in right. when Alabama has a guy get hurt, it's another five-star dude coming in. So there is a big difference when someone at Alabama gets hurt and when someone at Ole Miss gets hurt. Um, it, it really does. And it goes back to the, the, the Cruton. Uh, it, it, it does, it does matter. And I think Ole Miss, uh, you know, Ole Miss is, is going to, they're going to struggle to recruit the level that Florida and Georgia, or, uh, Alabama and Georgia do. But it just does show you how important it is. Sorry, continue. No, no, I, I think you're 100% right. I think it, it kind of shows you the difference between an Ole Miss per se and an Alabama because um, 
you know, Ole Miss can have maybe five stars that are in that starting lineup that can match up with Alabama, but like Alabama has double the amount of their backups are also, you know, four stars, five stars. And that's, that's, I mean, that's just the difference. You know, people have said, um, when I covered Indiana, they, they, um, they recruited really like they they recruited like a few really good running backs in a row, and people were always like, you know, why do we keep recruiting running backs? Like, go, um, you know, go recruit at other positions where you have needs. And it's like the building a program is also built on a fact of like building backups too that are quality because guys go down. I mean, it's it's football. Like the whole sport itself is very violent, and people get hurt. Like that's how football works. And like that's when you kind of take that next step from let's say an old Miss to an Alabama is when you recruit, you know, backups that are four stars and five stars. And, and it's really hard to get there. Um, there's a reason Georgia and Alabama are really the only ones that consistently do it. Um, so it's, it's really hard to get to that point. Um, but like you said, I mean, and, and part of that is out of your control. I mean, let's be realistic aside of Alabama and Georgia right now, why would all these five stars go to another program? You know, uh, if you're not starting, then you might as well go be a backup at Alabama because, at least you'll like develop and, and, you know, all the stuff that comes with being in an Alabama and a Georgia. Um, I, th- I think it's real. Um, I think it's, it's why maybe there's not as much parody um, as, as people would like, but at the same time, like that's just the reality of life. So deal with it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very interesting to see how Ole Miss and Mississippi State have kind of trended the past couple of weeks. I, I don't think necessarily that means that, you know, Mississippi State's a better team, but right now it feels like they're a better team just in the sense of how they're playing and in the sense of the health that Ole Miss has. Um, it, it's it's very interesting, I think, for us to see the past couple of weeks how things have kind of changed. They're tied in the SEC standings right now. Like, that's very hard to believe. Um, but but that's where they are. And doesn't mean it's going to stay like that. Um, but it's it's been a very interesting past couple of weeks uh, for the teams we cover. Yeah, no, it's it's it it is crazy. I I I feel like in my head, like I knew what the standings were, but I actually saw them written down. And I was like, oh wow, that yeah. is not anything like what it seemed like. You know, yeah. when SEC play started, and you know, you had this Arkansas uh, at the bottom, one and three in the conference. Yeah, I uh, uh, is it in Fayetteville this weekend? Yeah, I've heard that is an interesting experience. I, I hope you enjoy that one. I heard it's it's good. Arkansas is a fun team to watch, man. Uh, I'm just saying yeah. I, I, I hope you have a lot of time because uh, there will be a lot of ball stoppage. Well. <laughs> I, I, if it's anything like the Arkansas game I watch, it's going to take 10 hours. Yeah. We'll see if this game reaches those crazy levels. It's hard to imagine, but it's going to happen with the weirdest team in college football. Yeah, no, it's it, it's, it, it's it's amazing. And Mississippi State and Ole Miss just do not play normal football games, and I love it. Sure. Um, I think Ole Miss has played the LSU games like fairly normal. I would say the Auburn game was not normal because Matt Corral got carted off the field and then came back as like a bionic man, which was awesome. The Kentucky, the Kentucky game was pretty normal, and the Vanderbilt game was pretty normal, and the, the Alabama games. The last three games have been pretty normal. Before that, no game was normal. It, it, is Mike Leach getting too normal? People are asking. Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, I don't yeah. think we have to worry about that. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my favorite like little, little delights in life is just seeing what Mike Leach said at his most recent press conference. Yeah, it's always an adventure. He, I heard he he called our good friend John Bubba yesterday. Yeah, uh, no, this happened after the candy corn thing oh, okay. a couple of weeks ago. John John had brought him um, uh, candy corn on behalf of WCBI, 
and Mike Leach hated that. So then he, he gave him gummy bears and he was like, here, we're just messing with you. And, um, and Mike was like, oh, thanks, Bubba. So then yesterday, John followed up and was like, hey, Mike, you called me Bubba last week. Like, is, am I, is that, I, I'm going to use that as a sense of endearment. And Mike was like, oh, absolutely. So pretty high praise from Mike Leach there. If he ever calls you Bubba, now you know uh, he means that, that in the best way possible. Is that your new goal or do you want to be a Bubba? <laughs> I don't know if I could ever be a Bubba. I don't know if I'm worthy of that yet. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think us beat writers really need to be worried about being Bubba's. <laughs> all right well that will that will do it for uh this episode of justify our existence again you can follow us uh on your favorite podcast platform or at djournal.com slash podcast check us out on twitter and on facebook stefan i will see you on today's tuesday i will see you on thursday let's do it